We thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver. We thank you for this building. We thank you for this school. We thank you for all the tools that you are giving us and providing for us in order to minister the name of Jesus Christ to this community and to our families. And Father, I ask, Lord, that we continue to see your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we pray for the endowment fund. We pray that this building is paid off in Jesus' name. And we pray that you continue to provide for every need, both for the church and for every family. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Chet. All right. We're going to get right into the message this morning. Open up your Bibles to Philippians 2. We're just going to spend a moment there and then also open up your Bibles, kind of put a little, put your finger there, and then go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 is where we've been uh, where we've been studying, where we've been using kind of exegetical preaching, I guess would be the word. We're just kind of walking scripture by scripture and commenting on what the Lord wants to show us in these. And the whole point of this opening <clears throat> uh, series is about abiding in him. Abiding in him. And when you read through 1 John, it's just over and over the word abide is being used. The word abide, 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 abide. And we've been studying and learning and talking about what does it mean to abide. And what it means to abide is a relationship in him. To abide in him, you need a relationship in him. We must communicate with him. We must know his voice. We must understand his word. We must follow his commands. And the takeaway I really want to talk about this morning is this is a process. Everybody know that life is a process? That everything doesn't just happen the moment you say so? Now in the spiritual realm, we believe that it is already done and it is being acted out. But sometimes the physical world in which we live, which we see with our eyes, takes a little bit longer to catch up with what has been done in the spiritual realm. How many understand that? And so this whole thing is a process. So Philippians 2, I'm just going to read verse uh, 12 through 14. I know I had a few more scriptures there. We're going to do 12 through 14. Then we're going to get back into 1 John chapter. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How many of you like to work out? Yeah, what? Okay, how many of you know that working out periodically is a good thing? Okay, working out ourselves. I love the words that are used there, and of course that's our English translation, but working out, it means it's effort. Like I go to IROC, I plug IROC all the time. Man, I go to IROC at 6 a.m. in the morning. There's some crazy, we're crazy people at 6 a.m. doing that loud music and running through, those, through that high-intensity interval training. But that is working out. I am working something out. Amen? Like, literally, I'm working it out. The sweat is coming out. And when we talk about our walk with the Lord, there's some working out that has to be done. This is a process. This discipleship, we, we've, we talk about the word discipleship, but it's actually a process. Thank you, Chet. It's a process that works over and over and over. And the more you work out, the stronger you become. You know, if, if you're struggling to pick something up or you're having issues with something like that and you never work out ever, you're still going to have trouble picking that up. Is that, my, is that true? But when we begin to work out, 
our muscles. We begin to work out these things in our life. We begin to get strengthened by the word of God. And we're able to do certain things. We'll be able to go even further in our walk with the Lord. So we have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you. God is doing the work. When we're reading the word of God, he's doing the work. Yeah, our eyes might be scanning those pages. Our ears might be listening to a message. But God is doing the work. And he's doing that work both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Amen? Which means working out all these things we talk about, working out and abiding in him, it's for his pleasure. It's for his pleasure, yet there's benefits for us as well. Then verse 14 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing. Which means as we're working out our salvation... Man, I can fuss with the best of them, especially working out. When, that, when I got to leave my house at 5.40 a.m. to get to the workout place by 6, there is some fussing going on up here and sometimes coming out of here. Amen? This happens, okay? This is life, and we need to work through these things. The Lord is asking us, you need to work out your salvation without complaining. And the situations that are happening in your life, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, whether it's a test, whether it's a temptation, or whether it's a trial, are all, all these things are coming together in your life because you are working out your salvation. That it's a process that you're working through. Okay, go to 1 John chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 12. I want to paint a picture this morning, and I want to try to tie this scripture together to some other things that I'm going to say. And Father, I ask that you help me to do that in Jesus' name, amen. 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 12, it says this, I write to you, little children, children, listen, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven, your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. And now he starts again. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. And I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you. Here we are again about abiding in you. And so as any good engineer in statistical analysis mind, I broke this thing down real quick. I said, well, it's written twice to children, to young men, and to fathers. Does it say the same thing each time? Does it say something different? And here's what I came up with. When he's talking to the children, he says, your sins are forgiven and you have known the Father. When he's talking to the fathers, he repeats it twice. The exact same words. You've known him who is from the beginning. And then when he's speaking to young men, it says this, you have overcome the wicked one. And then it also says you are strong and the word of God abides in you. So I start saying, Lord, what does this mean? What is he talking about here? And I believe that 
The word of God here is speaking to us in our spiritual journey, not our age. Look at this with me for a second. I believe that if you break down these three words, children, and we'll call them new believers, young men and women, we'll call those who have been in the faith for some period of time who are working through the challenges of life, not that that ever stops. And then these fathers and mothers are those who have been in the faith for some time, and the words that they use there is that they know the Father. And so if you look at this, children, new believers, what is it saying about them? It says that you know him because your fathers and your brothers and your mothers and your sisters have pointed you to him. And you see, what I believe this is talking about is that every, not generation of age, but every generation of our walk in, in knowing God and in discipleship all has a part to play with each other. Every part has a part to play. Whether you're a new believer, whether you're working out your salvation and you're in that, the midlife of your walk with the Lord, or whether you're getting towards the end of your journey, every one of you has something to share and to give with one of the other generations of the walks with the Lord. It says children, these these new believers, they trust him for forgiving of sins. They have this faith that when we look at that faith and we see the faith of a child. You know the faith of a new believer? You ever somebody you somebody gets gets kind of makes Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, and they're going out evangelizing. They're going out speaking. They they don't know what the right words to say. Nobody trained them about the the ABCs, the Romans road, and use this scripture, then that, then this, then that. They're like, you know what? I got faith. Jesus just saved my life, and I want to go share it with everyone. And we look at that, and that those who have been in the faith longer look back and say, oh, I like that. They have this faith that God can do anything. And sometimes... When we walk through, our, through this life with Jesus, sometimes we begin to believe wrongly that God's not moving or God's not working in our life. But he always is. And we see these children, these new believers, man, I would categorize them as they have faith. They got faith. And then you get these young men and women. Those in the faith for some time, but maybe not for decades. They're in the midst of these life battles and these challenges. And what does the word say that we just read? They are strong because they're abiding in the word. We, church, those who know Jesus, we have to be continually abiding in his word. The, the the, The verse there says we are strong because we're abiding in his word. That when we do, we will overcome the wicked one. So faith, new believers. Young men and women, the word. And then the fathers and the mothers of faith. It's interestingly, when those look at those scriptures, it says the exact same sentence both times. Knowing him who is from the beginning. Knowing him who is from the beginning. And it's they've been through, they've built their faith, They've been abiding in the word of God and it's just like they're standing firm. They're just standing firm. The mothers and the fathers of the faith are just standing firm. And those who are new believers, they look and they say, yes, 
They're standing strong still after all these years, and it's encouraging. And then those fathers and mothers are saying, keep abiding in the word, because look where I'm at, because look at what Jesus has did in my life. You will continue to see God work in your life. And they stand there and they encourage those who are working through their salvation. So you've got these children who are faith. It's all over them. These young men and women who are abiding and working in the word, and then these fathers and mothers who are standing strong in the faith. So I want to talk about this morning, there's three different things that we face day in and day out in our Christian walk. And that we need to look to all three of those things to be able to understand what's going on in our life. If you want to take notes, I would suggest now's the time you write a few of these things down. But there are three, we face situations. How many know that? But I see in the Word of God that these situations are broken into three separate categories. And I think it's important as believers and as Christians, you know which category this challenge is coming at you. Because depending on the category of the challenge changes the response that you need to have based on what it is that's coming after you. How many are you interested in what that is? Okay. The first one is testing from God. Testing from God. And I'm going to use, I think I've got three different, yeah, I got three different T words and I got three different R words that go together. So the first T word here is, is the testing from God. And this is a revealing. This is a revealing. There are things in our life that God allows in order to test you so you know where you stand. God is not the author of sickness. He doesn't put sickness on you. He's not the author of confusion. He can't go against his word and all these things. But there are things in life that God will allow to happen to test you. Not because he doesn't know where you're at. He knows exactly where you're at. You need to know where you're at. Why do you think they do testing in school? So you know where you're at. The teacher, you know what? The teacher could probably predict every one of your grades before you even took the test. Could he not? Or she, right? Like, I know that person's going to get an A on that test. They already know, but it's for that person to know where they are. It's for each and every one. So when we go through a test in life, that's from God. It's a revealing. Look at James 1, verse 2. James 1, verse 2 says this. We'll, re we'll read uh, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. We'll get there in a little bit. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. God will allow things to happen in your life to grow the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Every fruit of the Spirit, I believe, is grown through God allowing testing in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Am I close? Did I get them? Because his will for you is to be whole. In order for you to be whole, you have to be broken, and he has to mold you back together. And the only way that he can begin to mold you back together is if you allow him to mold you back together. And the only way he can allow you to mold you back together is if something's happened in your life that says, I need you. You understand this? This is the testing part of it. 
And it comes in different ways, and I'm not going to list all the different ways that God tests, but there are things that he wants to reveal to you because he cares about you, because he loves you, and he wants to see you grow. And how many of you know when you go through a test, which are the ones you remember the most? The ones you got wrong. I took my driver's license test mm, 16, okay, 28 years ago. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing the math. It's 44. Yep, you got it. Okay. I had to do it in my head real quick. Sorry. Okay, so 28 years ago, I took my driver's test, the permit test. I got one wrong. You know which question I remember on the test? The one I got wrong. You want to know what it is? Okay. All right. The question I got wrong was when there is fog and you're driving, do you use your high beams or do you use your low beams? Man, I got that wrong. (laughs) And then, of course, while I was driving, I was like, that was wrong. I think I got it right. Throw your high beams on when you're in the fog or in a snowstorm, right? Like a whiteout, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't see anything. So I clearly knew, but I remember that to this day. I got that one wrong. But I'll tell you what, if I took the test again, I would know it. Huh? And I'd get it right. And so what the Lord is growing us when he's allowing this testing to happen in our life, he's growing us so that the next time something like that happens, ah, we move on. We move forward. And many of the times when we don't pass the test, the same test comes back. It's like, come on, again. Come on again. Are you serious? Am I going to have the same person checking me out at Wegmans again? (laughs) Oh, my goodness, are you serious? I mean, is this the fruit of the spirit of patience, love, joy? Which one are you working on, Lord? The way she bags my groceries. It's like she's going to ruin everything when she slams them in there. But that's the only line that's open, so you're like, "Mm, all right. Here we go, Lord. How are we going to do on this test? Yeah. And we learn and we grow and he uses these things in our life. But when something is happening, you have to understand, okay, Lord, you have to ask him, is this a test? Or is it the next one? Is it a temptation? Wait a second. Is it a test or was it number two? Is it a temptation? And the R word here is refusing. Refusing. Because you can walk into a situation, if God is, is testing, he's, you're going to walk through that situation. But there are temptations who come from one and one individual alone, and that's the enemy. And the Bible says that it comes only from the enemy. It says that God is not someone who tempts, but only the enemy is the one who tempts. Which means our response to a temptation should be far different than our response to a test. Our response to the test is, Lord, you're refining me. I'm going to jump in that Wegmans line again. But if it's a temptation from the enemy, it is time to refuse that. And you say, no, in Jesus' name. I don't think so. And these temptations come in this manner. It is a lie from the enemy encircled with facts that you begin to believe. These temptations come. It's like that little voice in your head, you know? Mm, Yeah, you're not good enough to do that. 
Because remember when you failed there? Remember when you failed there? Mm, yeah, you can't really love anybody. You remember how your father treated you? Mm-hmm. Or your mother? Mm-hmm. And all these temptations, these voices that come, they come from the enemy. And his goal, his ultimate goal is to what? To steal. You said it earlier. To steal, to kill, and ultimately to destroy. And we have to see that what's coming at us is not a test. God's not testing you like that. That's a temptation, a lie from the enemy encircled with facts that seems really believable at the moment. It does. I'm, I get it. I hear you. It's believable. You're like, yeah, but all the facts line up. But are the facts in here? Does this line up? Does this line up? Is what I think I'm hearing in my head, just wait a second, that I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not this enough, I'm not whatever it is that you deal with. Let me just go look in here real quick and see if this is a true statement or not. And if you remember, how did Jesus, who he was led into the wilderness fasted for 40 days, and then the enemy came to tempt him, what was his weapon that he used? Oh, the word of God. Oh, he used the word of God. Think about that. Back to the other scripture. The young men and young women, they were abiding what? With the word of God. And what were they doing, if you remember? They were overcoming they were overcoming because they were abiding in the word, which means when a, te when a temptation comes, mm, right there. Does it line up, yes or no? And we need to begin to transform our mind with his word. This is why reading our Bible is so important. We have to read the Bible to let the God's word soak on the inside of us. And the more we read it, the more we put into context every scripture that we read. Because honestly, when you just read it, once in a while you pull a scripture out here and there, what begins to happen is you just look at that scripture all by itself. And this word is a, this, the story, the plan of God's redemption for mankind from beginning to end. It's a beautiful love story written and that we need to understand the whole counsel, the whole word of God. And when we begin to understand that and learn that, we begin to defeat the enemy and the temptations in our life. So that second T was a temptation. It's a refusing. Then the third T is this, a trial. A trial. You know what, guys? Trials happen for many reasons in our life. We live in a fallen world. There are germs out there. And people sometimes get sick. And I think we have to be careful that we attribute, and technically everything is attributed to the enemy in some way, shape, or form. But we immediately start saying, Mom, that's Satan, that's Satan, that's Satan. And we begin to attribute, actually we give him too much credit, to be honest with you. We give him way too much credit like he is some author and finisher of something, but he is not. He is not the author and finisher of anything. He's the author of lies. That's it. And we need to keep him in that place. So when he is tempting, we know what to do. But when we're in a trial, sometimes you can't just rebuke the devil 
and have it leave and your trial ends like that. Because we live in a fallen world and sometimes sickness happens. And we live in a fallen world and sometimes we sin. You say, oh, well, I'm going through this because, you know, because of the enemy. And you begin to ask the Lord on each of these, why is this happening to me? And he might reveal to you, because you've been sinning in your life. And we attribute it and we blame it on Satan, where in reality, God is calling us to a deeper level of obedience in a certain area in our life. And so the trials, the R word here is refining. Refining. So the testing is a revealing from God. The temptation from the enemy is a refusal. Mm-mm. No. But when we are having trials in our life, it's a refining. It's like the refining fire. These situations, and many of you have them, everyone goes through them. It's a refining fire. And many times, you had nothing to do with that situation that's happening to you. And I want you to hear me this morning. That there's a lot of things that are happening now in your life is because of something that happened in the past that was done to you by somebody else. That wasn't a test from God. That is a trial in your life because we do have an enemy. And he's looking to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So if we're walking through a trial, we need to ask the Lord, if this is a trial, Lord, if I'm the cause of it, I repent. Forgive me for my sin. I turn away from that sin. And watch the Lord deal and help you through that trial. If it's something else, as we talked about, the fathers and mothers of the faith, we just need to stand strong. Eyes on Jesus. Eyes focused on him. Whether those wind and those waves immediately stop or not, the trial that we're going through, we have to remember God is still in control. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Jake, if you want to come up here. In closing, I want us to take a moment. I want us to ask the Lord this morning, what situation that you're facing in your life, and maybe it's multiple, what category does it fall into? I truly believe the Holy Spirit on the inside of you will reveal to you even this morning, which it is. Is it a test? You say, Lord, <laughs> reveal to me the answers to the test that I'm going through so that I may learn and that I may grow from this. If what you're facing right now is a temptation from the enemy, I want you to rebuke it this morning in the name of Jesus. Find scriptures and use the word of God against it. And maybe it's a trial this morning. Maybe you're just faced with a trial because you know what? Life happens. And things happen. And I want you to give that situation to the Lord this morning. And say, I need you to stand alongside me and to hold me up for however long it takes to walk through this trial. I will stand with you. Bow your heads this morning.
I know for a fact every one of us is faced with a situation. No matter where we are in our walk with the Lord, whether we're children, new believers, whether we're middle-aged in the sense that we've been walking with God, but we're not near the end yet, or whether we're the fathers and mothers of faith, each of us have situations that we're faced with. So, Father, I just ask you this morning that you begin to reveal to each one of us and to remind us that every time something comes up, we ask you the question, Lord, is this a test? Are you revealing something to me? Is this a temptation, a lie from the enemy that I need to rebuke and refuse right now? Or is this a trial of life that will refine me but I need you to stand with me Lord as I walk through this so just begin to seek him this morning think of that situation that you're faced with begin to ask him thank you Lord thank you Thank you, Lord. I know I gave you some things that you can do, but I want this to be your takeaway. You can write down Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 23. Because this really, no matter what's happening in your life, it's good to know whether it's a test, a temptation, or a trial, because you can address it appropriately. But it says this, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So, Father, our prayer this morning is that we will give attention to your word. That we will incline our ear to your sayings. And, Father, that we will not let them depart. For I truly know that you are developing good ground and good soil in each one of us. Where the word of God can be planted and rooted strongly. Father, your word says when the word is planted strongly that there is a 30, 60, and 90 fold return. Which tells me, Lord, that no matter the situation, there is fruit on the other side. So, Father, we worship you today. We thank you for your abiding word that is with us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit.
to lead us and guide us no matter the situation in which we face. So Father, thank you for revealing to us the things that we're going through, which category they fall into, and for giving us the strength and the wisdom to face each one as you've told us in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you look up here for a moment? I sent this to a few of you. I kind of want to close with this. Prayer teams, if you want to get ready to come up. I'll tell you this. If you're here this morning and you never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. I want you to come up here after service is over and pray with somebody up here. If you need prayer for something else, anything at all, maybe you've walked away from the Lord. Maybe you feel like this test or trial or temptation and you can't figure it out and you need someone to be in agreement with you in prayer. Come up here and get prayer. Don't be in a rush to get out. But here's what I'll tell you. I want to remind you of some good news this morning. I want to remind you of who your identity is in Christ. Why don't you stand with me? I want you guys to receive this. Your identity in Christ. What He has done, the price He has paid for you. Your license to carry is how I opened up the service. You have a license to carry your identity in Christ. Like, literally, a license. You have it. It's your identity in Christ. And you've got power. You've got a sidearm. You've got a firearm that you have at your disposal. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit that is activated by the words of your mouth. So let me read your identity in Christ as an encouragement to you. You are loved. You are a child of God. You are forgiven. You are blameless. You have been adopted. You are an heir with Christ. You are free from sin. You are victorious. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You have received power. You are a spiritual warrior. You have the peace of God. You are guided by God's Spirit. You are full of God's joy. You're an ambassador for Christ. You are God's masterpiece. You are blessed. You are growing as a disciple. You always have access to His grace. And you will be alive forevermore with him. Amen? Amen. Dave, you got something you want to share? Sometimes I do. It's a, very, it's a really good message. And in my notes, I love all the T's and the R's. <laughs> what I don't love is so often in the midst of the trial, temptations come. So it's like they're layered on top of each other. It's True. not simple. It's not, I love when things are just so simple. They go into one category in the file folder of my mind and I can file it and then I can deal with it. It's when it's like a web 
that I just, you, you start feeling overwhelmed, right? True. Like you, you're figuring things out. And I started getting all of these R's, you know, what you do when there's testing, you run to the Lord. Amen. What do you do when there's temptation? You run to the Lord. And what do you do in the midst of the trial? You run to the Lord. Amen. When you get there, he'll reveal. Amen. While you're running, you refuse temptation. In the midst of the trial, you're being refined, but you're always just running to the Lord. Amen. I've had trouble with this throughout my whole life because I've run away. I'd run away. And I don't know why. Why do, why do I do that? Why have I done that? And I don't know when I finally got it through my head. This isn't working. I gotta run to him. I gotta run to him. He's not the punisher. He's not the punisher. So run to the Lord. And then under the trial and the refining. So I love that you're bold and you say sometimes it's caused by sin that we're walking in. Like what did we think was gonna happen? You know, if you're looking at porn on a regular basis, what do you think is going to happen with your marriage? Is it going to be a surprise? Are you going to be surprised? What do you think is going to happen? Then, so repentance, repentance in the midst of a trial is one thing, but also being relentless in him, relentless in the word. Just don't give up. When I say relentless, we think of Eva. She's relentless when she wants something. She comes at it from every direction until she gets the yes. Yep. And she gets the yes. Be relentless and then Amen. rest. Rest Amen. in who he is. Amen. So I got all these R's while you were good. preaching. It's just good. all these R's. And the biggest one was run to the Lord. And then something else. So I counseled someone yesterday about coming up for prayer. When we lived in Hermitage, we went to this great church. It was, a, it was an Assembly of God church. And they had um, the pastors during worship would be sitting up front. Mm, that's right, and yeah. while worship was going on, you were invited to come up and get prayer. And they would, come, they would walk down like two steps. They'd pray for you and you'd go back to your seat. And I loved it. I loved it because I, I could have people pray for me. And it wasn't a counseling session. It's not a counseling session. It's just... Here is my struggle. Here is where I'm at with it right now. I need prayer here. And we would go up as a family and get prayer. If he was going on a trip, you know, pray for protection for him. So when there's people praying over here, sometimes we make it like if you need to return to God or if you don't know Jesus. And yes, come up. But if you're going on a trip, why why wouldn't you want us and other fellow believers to lay hands on you and bless you? and call forth protection and blessing. I mean, in our house, we don't have people laying hands on us during the week, but I don't know what we would do without Andy and without Kim, because when something's going down in our house, that's who I text. This is what's This is what's coming against us. We need prayer. And it's like they're laying their hands on us. So I just want to encourage you as a church family there should be lines up here, you know, for I, prayer. I would, I would like my biggest, one of my biggest problems to be is not have enough people on the prayer team to pray for those that who are getting That is already one of, of your prayer. problems. <laughs> if you're a prayer warrior, if that's yeah. who you are, pray for people. Pray for people. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, prayer team, come on up, <laughs> those who are here. Now, no pressure. Yeah, no like pressure. Everybody's going to come people, up A few more people to, to pray. pray with this morning. I want to do this benediction. 
It's a good word today from the Lord. Just close your eyes and receive this. Peace, peace to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love the Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen and amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Come on out for prayer. Otherwise, we'll see you next Sunday. Remember, no Wednesday night this week.